If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to Weekly, the show where we recap the week as well as dive into the juicy talking points from it. Remember, premium supporters of Eurogamer get these episodes every Friday, whereas everyone else listens from Monday. You can find out more about that below or on the Eurogamer.net website, which is lovely. Sorry we haven't had an episode for a week or two. I've been away and we wanted to wait until we could talk about EGX London, which happened this past weekend. I hope you had a nice time if you were there. I'm Bertie, a long-time writer for Eurogamer, and I'm joined today by our reporter intern, Liv. Hello, Liv. Hi. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. Um, and we're also joined by, uh, by our editor-in-chief, Martin Robinson. Hello, Martin. Hello, how's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm very good. I've got the heating on for the first time in the shed, which is quite exciting. <gasps> Um, I said it's quite exciting, also obviously very expensive as well. Um, so I've been doing most of my work in my little strandman over there, cuddled up by my little heater. It's quite nice. I really quite... want a strandman. That's top of my. I've got nowhere to put one. But I, I don't I want to boast, armchairs. but we, I've got three. <laughs> got I'm three? boasting. All right, all right, yeah. no, all right. No need to flex. <laughs> Straight in there. I've got one in my daughter's room, one in our bedroom, which I I, I read in, and uh, and the one over there, which is my gaming chair. Well, if you ever need to get rid of one, I'm your man. There, I, I highly recommend Strandman's. Um, Matt Reynolds has got a uh, a reclining Strandman, I think, as well. There's there's no different way. different varieties. Yeah, that feels like peak middle aged slash maybe older. No, I think peak middle age is actually having three. I'm older than no, Matt, can... so. <laughs> peak middle age is actually having three Strandmans. So that's actually that's when you know you've really you really are over the hill. I need to get cracking. Um, okay, so <laughs> I know you were both at EGX because I saw you there. Uh, that sounds creepy. Uh, it wasn't creepy, I hope. Um, so let's talk about it. What did you think? Because this was the first time EGX has been back properly, really, unimpeded by COVID restrictions. What, what did you think of it, Liv? What was your was this your first time at an EGX? This is my that was my first time ever going to EGX. So I, I was kind of they're trying to look cool and be like yeah i'm here with eurogamer and also like doing like being like in tourist mode being like oh i'm gonna play all the games i'm gonna buy all the merch i am always in tourist mode that is my default thing even after (laughs) however many years that i've been at them now i've basically been at everyone i think maybe there was one that I, i i wasn't at but i still tourist and it still never fails to kind of impress me and also energize me seeing people walking around being being happy playing games martin what did you think of it yeah i like um i should say obviously uh we are obviously uh, owned by the people who run egx but we are our views are independent and everything um but i because I, I i loved it i had a, a cracking time i think something you just touched on there as well it's just really nice seeing people again i think especially after the last few years and everything and having been locked away in my sheds um it's so nice just to walk the show floors basically and bump into people um sometimes some of you haven't seen for a couple of years for obvious reasons um and that is that's part of the magic of the show and that's what's really wonderful about it but um 
it was nice seeing it a bit more back to kind of strength because like last year's EGX was the first one back uh, and it was a bit quieter. There was quite a lot of space on the floor. Um, I don't think it's full like up to back to maybe where it was pre-pandemic, but it felt like a step in the right direction with a lot less empty show floor space, a lot more games there and a lot more stuff going on. Um, there was more stuff to play. I haven't said that. I feel really bad. There's so much cool stuff to play. And still, invariably, I'm just drawn to the Outrun 2 arcade cabinet and just that run one arcade cabinet even and just queuing up to play this busted old um, arcade cabinet from the 80s. Yeah, because there's this whole retro zone. For those of you who haven't been to EGX, there's this whole retro zone with um, arcade cabinets and also just old games, old consoles and older games playing, which is inevitably, and it stays open a bit later than the rest of the show as well. So you can have a drink at the, the nearby bar and then just go and play old games. And it's amazing how many people it attracts. And, and you're like, these are games from ages ago. And yet people are drawn to them. It felt like there was a, a positive buzz at the show from where I was standing. I, I know that there is a problem, like you said, it's not, necessarily back to full strength i know that there is a problem with publishers companies developers having playable co code for the for their games which seems like an odd thing to have a problem because they're obviously building the game but it actually takes a concerted effort to kind of siphon off resources to build these playable parts of games and because shows like e3 and, and gamescom are, well e3 wasn't really there so because these game shows are still coming back, people aren't really putting that effort in. But maybe from next year, E3 is back. Um, so perhaps then there will be a proper concerted effort by the industry to have playable code and big yeah, presence and stuff like this. Yeah, like I said, like actually getting the playable code is actually a sizable task for uh, for game developers. So it's difficult sometimes for them to do it if they haven't got the resources for it. And so it has had an impact. And it also is like, there just aren't that many big games at the moment as well. Obviously, as we know for a while, there's been a kind of a dearth because of COVID has hit and production schedules as well. And so it's, yeah, it's just there's there's not that much out there basically at the moment. And we have, I think we had a fairly good representation of some pretty decent big games and obviously all the cool indie stuff as well, which is kind of feels like um, the heart of a lot of EGX. Yeah, so talking of the games that were there, the big bigger games that were there, one of them, one of the main draws was was Street Fighter Six, and I know you went to play this, Martin. I think you you fought against Wes. Is that correct? Yeah, I won't tell you <laughs> how it went. Wes is really good at Wes is really really good at Street Fighter. Um, I think he he claims he's the best journo. Um, uh, in and I think I think he's got a fair claim to that. It's between him. Uh, Nathan Brown, who's also really good, uh, and Ryan King, who's now who's now not a journal anymore. So I think Wes might have taken the taken the crown. Now Ryan's moved on for, into PR. Um, but uh, yeah, Wes is really really good at Street Fighter, and even with the help of the new kind of easy controls on Street Fighter Six and playing it Smash Brothers style, and just basically just trying to confuse him by not knowing what I'm doing, which I think is the best. <laughs> it's the best. Like when you're, when you're approaching a pro, sometimes the best thing to do is like they're expecting someone of pro tactics who knows what they're doing. If you literally just confuse them just by being as random as possible, by mm. just doing what they never expect, um, then that's, that's how I got my one win off him uh, across like 12, 12 matches. Yeah, because um, there's always worked. that thing in Street Fighter that I remember from years ago that you could have been playing it for hours and hours and you could know the movesets of characters, but then someone could come along, like a newcomer, a bit like in poker almost. And because they're not playing by the rules that everyone else seems to be playing by, they can upset you and kind of sneak a win before you 
work out what they're doing. But so, work but out. They, is, know, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. How um, is the game? Is it good? Does it, does it feel like... Because Street Fighter V was... I don't know if people were in love with Street Fighter V in the same way that they, that they were with Four. Yeah, well, so Four was like the big comeback after... What was it? So that came out two thousand and eight, no, twenty ten, I think it was. I'm going to get my dates wrong, so forgive me. Um, but that came out after Street Fighter Four was one of the games that was at the very first EGX for those that remember. It was like I think Street Fighter Four came out when I when I first started doing this um, whole writing about games thing, um, and it was such a big deal because of it. A Street Fighter coming back from years in the wilderness. Three was obviously quite a hardcore thing, um, and Street Fighter Four like felt like the first time that Street Fighter was like relevant and big again since Street Fighter 2 since the early days of the 90s and it was such a big deal it felt like um, it was a phenomenon again Street Fighter 5 kind of lost a bit of that momentum with a few interesting decisions from Capcom I think I think they lost their way of it a little bit turned it round but by the time they turned it round it was it never it never got its moment in the limelight basically it never got the moment where it was like Street Fighter's gone mainstream again Whereas six feels like it's got a bit of um, a, a wind behind it, and it feels like it has captured imagination a bit more. And also, Capcom just know what they're doing right now. Like Capcom is on such a good run at the moment. With um, Monster Hunter broke the West finally. That did really well. Resident Evil, having been mediocre for ages, is now really good again. And now this is the revived Capcom, who's just been smashing out of the park for the last like four or five years, having a crack at Street Fighter and doing a really good job of it um, by basically. Don't to get into the nuts and bolts of it because of a I don't know what I'm talking about and also there's quite <laughs> a lot but um they've like smashed together every single type of Street Fighter basically and so it's got all the systems from like three four and five all together and it's kind of a, a Street Fighter for everyone and in that as well it's a Street Fighter which everyone can play so you don't need to know all the court circles and Dragon Punch stuff and some of the more arcane inputs um there's like a modern command thing where you can play it like Smash oh, right. Brothers basically so you can just basically just to do a, just to do a fireball you can just press uh, like I don't know which it's just directional input, so it's like right and punch, and then you oh, can do wow. a fireball. And so a dragon punch, it's up and punch, as opposed to having to do the yeah the backwards and yeah, which obviously like we all know um, us oldos from it's like muscle memory because I've been pulling off that move since oh my god thirty years now I've been doing fireballs <laughs> and dragon punches, which is ridiculous. Don't laugh, Liv. Um, <laughs> and so it's like. <laughs> And so it's like it's 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 cool having that there. So it's kind of hopefully attracting a new crowd to Street Fighter as well. Um, and yeah, and it's, I, I just have it on the show floor at EGX as well. It's such a perfect show uh, show game because of obviously it's got its roots in the arcade. And when I first played uh, Street Fighter and everything in the 90s, it was that thing you went and go and played in the arcade. And the old I got next thing where you queue up and watch people playing it and look forward to taking someone on. It's kind of a public thing. Um, and having it in a public space like that, it felt like the it felt like the the right place for it basically. Um, and also, it's just it attracted loads of people and loads of people overstaying there. I think you're supposed to have like three matches on there, but me and Wes were on there for twelve. Um, and they <laughs> they tried to kick us off, but uh, yeah. Um, and there's just loads of people just grabbed loads of people. I think just spent the entire day basically just playing it, and then wow. going to the back of the queue and playing it again. But because of yeah, it's that kind of game that inspires that kind of obsession. Um, so yeah, it's very good in short good i'm looking forward to it um so liv you played a couple of the other bigger games at the show so let's do woe long first and then we'll come to the other mystery game uh, for now <laughs> yeah um i i really wish that i had a little bit more time with woe long because obviously as a like a soulsborne-esque game 
it's meant to be difficult. Um, so I managed to beat like there was this big tiger kind of monster. I managed to beat that, and then just as I'd beaten that and gone to like the next bit of the area ahead of it, it was like thanks for playing the demo, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, let me play more. It, no, I, I really enjoy it. Obviously, it's got it's probably not for everyone given the whole difficulty um, spike of it, but. I really liked it. I really liked. I I really want to like try more of the martial arts stuff. So you can use martial arts to do like different actions and different abilities. And then like there was one. My favorite one um, was the one that let you like move a big distance. I was like, get yeah, get get out of the way of of the swipes, yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think i i like that it's going for the kind of the sakura thing with where there's a focus on stance and guarding and trying to counter at the right time to parry so i really i really enjoyed it i'm really looking forward to getting it when it comes out nice that's exciting because i feel like all souls like games have an uphill battle just trying to get on that same sort of perceived tier as the from software games i think it's it's quite difficult to stand alongside those games so it's nice when people come away from them kind of infused rather than like oh it's not quite as good as or so talking about being infused the other game that you played um was mr needle mouse i discovered through doing a quiz that this was the original name of sonic the hedgehog um so you played Sonic Frontiers, and from what you said, I don't think you were that impressed. I went into it with not really much expectations. I was quite open-minded, much like the open world of Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> and much like the open world of Sonic Frontiers, I came back feeling a bit empty from it. <laughs> Wow, in two sentences, you've just done a review. There we go. Yeah, it was it was just weird. Like, the the demo started off with, like, a bunch of cutscenes. Um, and I skipped them because I'm I'm playing I'm playing a demo. I'm not here to kind of watch a short movie before I start playing. Um, and yeah, like it just put you in this in this sort of foresty area and then you're you were just meant to explore and you know learn the mechanics um and it just it just it feels just empty i wonder if part of the problem with sonic is that you need empty space in order to have space for the speed to to run around martin did you have you tried sonic frontiers so I played it when they first, the first hands-on of it, which was at um, ah, Jeffcon okay. back in June. Um, uh, so I played it there and it looked rough as anything. Um, it's come on a long way since it's been really impressive to see how it's kind of moved on since then. That's back in June. Um, and I think it's a lot, a lot of the same content basically that I played back then, but um, a lot more polished. It 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 ran like pure ass on them um, back then. It was like, <laughs> it, was, it was running on PCs and um, at like sub 720p at about, 30 frames per second if, wow. if you're lucky um and i was like wow i'm surprised they're showing this but i kind of being mr contrarian um i really liked it back then uh, mainly because i'd like to like things that people don't and now it's annoying now people all of a sudden are like oh sonic frontiers is good again so maybe we're gonna have to join you live and be like actually because <laughs> everyone else likes it um it's it's interesting 
which is, I think, more can you can say for um, some of the more recent Sonic Team Sonic games, especially the 3D ones. Uh, and I am like, I'm optimistic. I'm like the fact they're doing something a bit different with it. I think they really needed to after uh, Sonic Forces, which was um, shit. Um, <laughs> and so it's uh, so, uh, and I think there's some good ideas in there, but like. Yeah, like you say, Liv, it does feel a bit empty, and sometimes you're like, I'm not quite sure about this because I'm not sure this is the right avenue for it. Did you get to play like the more guided traditional Sonic level, the Cyber Highway one, or whatever it's called? Um, was that when you like went to the big statue thing? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I when did there's that like a at... trad one. Yeah, I, I did that at the very beginning of the demo because it told it, when you started, it was like final way forward, so. I immediately turned around and looked behind me. And I was like, "Oh, there's a thing to interact with." And then all of a sudden, I was doing I was doing like the the more classic levels, and I was like, "How do I play?" Yeah, that's the I think that's the best. The the older traditional Sonic stuff in it is quite traditional. traditional. It's, it's still like three D Sonic, um, but I quite like that. It was quite well quite well done. I'm st- I'm just curious to know how it's all going to hang together because I think it's an interesting idea. Um, uh, I, the execution is there in some places, maybe not in others. Uh, but it, it's a Sonic game which I'm actively looking forward to playing out of curiosity, maybe more than anything else. And I've not been able to say that for a long time about the series. So outside of kind of obviously like Sonic Mania and stuff like that, but in terms of mainline Sonic game, it's interesting, which mm. is something. So another game that seemed to have some buzz at the show, I, I know this because I was asking some people and this is why I went to hunt this game out. And, and Liv, you also played this as well, is a game called Wild Frost. Uh, made by the developer Chucklefish. And this, in my head, is a mash of Magic the Gathering and Slay the Spire in that, so it's a card game, but you have a couple of rows and you play creatures into those rows. So you have like a hero and if they die, you're dead. But you also have some heroes you play. Uh, The hero you play as well, actually, but you, you play other creatures as well. And then they have a kind of countdown clock on these Uh, characters and your hero and when your countdown clock gets to the bottom your character automatically hits but you can also hit with other cards so you can play like a hit card and then you do some damage somewhere so there's a bunch of things going on and annoyingly i didn't know there was a tutorial in the game so i spent about 20 minutes or 15 minutes just playing this game blind going i i kind of i want to know what to do because there's it it does feel quite different i don't did was it confusing to you at all Liv, when you started not in the sense that i didn't play the tutorial i did play the tutorial <laughs> it was <laughs> it was confusing in the sense of of trying to of sort of wrapping your head around the the counter the the turn-based system of it because that's something that in like the deck games that i've played like i played slay the spire um a monster train ah, okay yeah it's a complete it's like a very different dynamic to those games where you kind of you can play more than one card during a turn and it's all kind of based on energy whereas this is this was you really have to sort of focus on like energy management a lot more than i feel like you would in like slay the spire yeah so when you play a card in wild frost it acts like a turn so you 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 play a card and then the counter ticks down and that's really where you need to keep your eye so unlike in monster train is 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 another good game a comparison because 
in that game you have like a line like a horizontal a horizontal line and you can play creatures in it and the, the, the creature at the, the front of the line is going to take the damage so it's a bit about how you order people as well um but then you also have to pay attention to the enemies have certain attacks that are certain abilities that you have to keep in mind as well it's quite comp there's a few different mechanics going on that makes it kind of feel different and jars initially but once you get the hang of it it's good and there seems to be quite a lot of depth there and it's also like a gorgeous package as well that the art is really almost half stone stony in its sort of slightly enlarged cartoony so it's a very appealing game uh, to sit down and play isn't it yeah it's, it's really good and also um i don't know if you listen to it as well because when i first started playing it i was chatting to the people at the booth and then one of the ladies was like um put on headphones and listen to it and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> it's the music was really really just just joyful i didn't sadly um i had a similar thing when i was sitting down playing um in the left field zone there was a game called uh, uh this game by the way uh, wild frost is coming out next year so there's a little bit of time to wait for that but but keep an eye on it it could be the next big sort of uh, deck building kind of card game um, I was playing this game called Lakeside which is this side on pixel art, I'm a sucker for anything pixel art um, city building game and I was talking, the guy demoing it was the composer and I'm sitting there playing it not listening to the music and he must have been <laughs> thinking you jerk <laughs> Like, why have you sat down playing my? I just, I don't know, something about putting um, headphones on that I just, I didn't find uh, I, I just didn't want to, it sort of cuts off my uh, one of my senses um there was a game i needed headphones for though um lakeside is out today on steam incidentally it's it's cute um uh, i suggest you look at it if you like um city builder games um there was a game a morse code game a, a, a mash of morse code and battleships and the, the game is called morse not inspector morse just morse uh, there's a demo on steam if you fancy trying it and the idea is you have to you switch lines um there's like a the the playing space is divided into lines and ships come down these lines and you um skip switch lines and then skip spaces depending on the morse code you're inputting so you have to sort of look at the morse code legend on one side and while you're trying to sort of morse code it's quite nice i guess you have that whole like world war ii um era uh, in a submarine vibe going on um i also played this game called secrets of soil which is a free game you can get now. It's more of like an educational voyage, like literally into the soil in the ground. And as you're flying around, this kind of visualization of it, it's telling you all the stuff you're seeing there, you know, how all these kind of uh, fungal networks under the uh, under the groundwork and how what worms do to the soil. And you see these big worms coming along and stuff. It's, it was quite interesting, quite nice, I thought. Uh, was there anything else you played, Liv, that we haven't touched on? No, I was only there for a short time, so I prioritised Wolong and Sonic, and then I played, um, I played Wild Frost after that, and then I was kind of beat, and I was like, I'm gonna do do my shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you get some good shopping though? Um, the Piplup that sits, the Piplup was from there. That's the, that's the only one I'll show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> we don't 
need to see my shameful, shameful I didn't list. have any time to do any merch shopping. I was hosting a pub quiz. Thanks to anyone who came from that and is listening to this. I'm definitely going to do one next time and it's going to be even bigger and better. And I promise not to throw sweets at people's faces this time. Or Oh, maybe I will. I got a chance to see Ox Venture Life, which I, I've never seen before, and I was chuckling along to that. That's an, um, a nice a nice vibe. There's a nice kind of um, energy uh, in the room. Oh, there was one game I didn't get a chance to play, but I really wanted to. Rock, Paper, Shotgun had this um, kind of future of play area where this Morse game was that was based around sort of, not novelty, but maybe quirky kind of game ideas. And they had this sort of distorted pool table, like a literal physical real pool table and one of the corners looked like it had been sort of warped up um in one side and it's amazing how you can take a game so known as that and then just by sort of making one quite significant change you just alter the whole way it plays i thought that was very clever and that it was, was yeah that was, I, I didn't get to play it either but i just i think i just started, stood and watched people play it for a good five minutes because they say it's such a simple concept and such a um such a profound change to such a, 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 a fundamental game. It was it just it was incredible. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, moving on quickly, because we haven't had an episode for a couple of weeks, there's been a flurry of reviews. We're getting into review season now as lots of new games come out. Um, some of the, the games we've reviewed recently, we've had Hellsinger, Return to Monkey Island, a game called Hyper, uh, Hyper Demon, which Donna really liked, uh, Shovel Knight Dig, Grounded, which has finally come out of early access, uh, The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow, which comes out this week, which is an adventure game which I'm quite excited um, about playing. And all of those games are recommended because that's the only score we give games these <laughs> That's a conversation of day. So, because we like games, what's wrong? With, what's wrong of liking games, eh? Um, nothing. Um, it's because we picked this game. So anyway, it's another conversation. Um, we gave an essential to Road Warden, which we reviewed a couple of weeks ago now. Um, a kind of along the lines of Disco Elysium, a kind of wordy RPG, but more on the sort of pixel art side and um, fantasy. It looks lovely, and I'm excited about playing this as well. Um, and um, talking of essential games once upon a time uh Deathloop um came out this week on xbox having been uh, exclusive to playstation for a year and tunic came to switch and playstation having been exclusive to um xbox and pc for six months uh that one but the big review um this week which i think is is going up anytime soon it hasn't quite happened now um is of the new fifa game which is uh coincidentally our game of the week uh i think but is that also... that, that, that's not necessarily an endorsement. That's just because it's the ah. most interesting thing and something and something I can easily write about for our newsletter. Um, but yeah, it's 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 the most. It's an, it obviously is a very interesting release. It's the um, the last ever FIFA, um, which in itself is uh, interesting. I say last ever. I'm sure um, the FIFA, the organisation, will um, do something horrible with it and give it to some awful developer, and it will have a zombie life afterwards and be appalling. Um, as everything that FIFA does is. Um, what a nasty institution. Anyway, uh, and but uh, like it's weird though because the FIFA goes back a long time again. Uh, don't laugh, Liv, but like uh, I remember playing the first FIFA in 93, 94, I think it was when it came out in the Mega Drive. Um, uh, first kind of isometric football game. All I remember uh, about and... that game is that you could press two buttons together to shove people. Yes, the professional foul. Yeah. And also after that, you can do that and then the referee would try and book you but you could run away indefinitely from them. And so you could literally just, you could, you could spend hours, like it was an ultimate troll move. You can basically just, someone could be clean on goal. You just shove them over 
and then the ref will try and get red card you, but you can just run away from them and just keep <laughs> that going as long as you wanted to, and they could never catch up with you. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was it was brilliant to do if you really wanted to wind up mates. Um, so yeah, that was the first FIFA, but that, uh, and it's kind of obviously had a very interesting, rich, varied history over that time. Um, and this is the last one, and the the review isn't Taps is still writing at the moment, so I can't say too much about it. But I think I know where we're landing with it. And similar to previous years, um, it was uh, edge case whether it's going to be an avoid or not, because of parts of it are plain horrendous. And um, the ultimate team stuff once once more is just grim, really, really, really grim. Uh, I I can't get into the details because I'm not really an ultimate team player. Um, I wouldn't subject myself to that, uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty horrible stuff. Um, and once more, is the main focus of the game. And yeah, Taps will go into great detail about it. He was getting very upset about it, and then he was basically livid uh, and was right and was basically saying this game was appalling. And then last night he played it with Wes, and then they just played some games together. And then uh, Wes was up until early hours of this morning. Both of them were just playing FIFA like um, as you do. Uh, with mates and then all of a sudden it's like you know what if you look aside from all this absolute disgusting nonsense there is still a really good game of football there and it's kind of it's weird because a game as vast as this has so many different kind of use scenarios and everything because i play people like that i've got i've just got i'm just downloading it now and i've got a friend around tonight and we're going to be two 40 year old men in the shed together playing <laughs> fifa we should know better um but i don't i love fifa for that it's still, it's, it still it still has that pull to it and when it comes to playing games with mates, uh, like it's for me, it's still Street Fighter and FIFA yeah. because of I'm I'm a Route One basic, um, very basic person, but it's yeah, it, it it's fantastic for that. And as ever, it plays a really good game of football like that. So it just about salvaged itself, I think, from being in the void. Uh, yeah, it is one of those games that I would pick up a pad and play. You know, if someone, if I if I was at someone's house or if, you know, it, the opportunity was there, I would play. A game of FIFA against somebody it has that eternal pull. It's just a shame that all the other stuff, you know, that in order to sort of, I don't know, monetize it or that that stuff exists really. Anyway, that's... I've no, I've not engaged. I play FIFA every year, and I've never touched Ultimate Team um, because of I don't want to. So I think it's possible to play it and avoid that stuff. But I, uh, it is, it is there, and it is a big focus of it, and so you have to kind of address it, and it's it's not good, unfortunately. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, another game I've just finished reviewing is called Dome Keeper, um, which is like a base defense and digging game. You have to dig the ground below to sort of improve your um, base above. And I've got mixed feelings on it. Um, and the review um, is going to go up uh, today. But I want to move on because I'm conscious of time. So let's take a quick look at news. I'm not going to go around the houses because there's just too much to take in after uh, two weeks. Um, so. I want to touch quickly on a game called Trombone Champ, which I know both uh, Liv and I have been playing because it's the viral sensation at the moment. Uh, major mainstream newspapers are kind of picking up on this this game that um, seems to have touched everyone. Liv, why do you think people are so impressed by this game? It's just, it's it's fun. You don't need to kind of know musical theory or play an instrument or anything. It's very easy to play but difficult to master and and when when you when you when you get it wrong 
it's just hilarious that's, and that's, know, that's the, the key thing isn't it because so it's a game a bit yeah. like it's a rhythm action game so a bit like guitar hero but for trombones which is an inspired idea in and of itself <laughs> and trombones famously there, there is no sort of defined note press you know like on a trumpet you press a note and um, you know, you get a, you get a sound because you you know when you blow some air through. On this, you just have a sliding arm, so you have to know exactly. It's quite big as well. They're quite big instruments, and you have to sort of know exactly where to slide the little uh, handle to produce the sound of the note. <laughs> and brilliantly in the game, even if you get it slightly wrong, it sounds horrendous. It's like um, listening to that melodica version of the Jurassic Park theme and how it, it they're genuinely trying to play the song I think but it sounds ridiculous uh, like I still laugh at it even years later and the game I like seriously playing it for uh, you know an hour or so I was in stitches I could like I could actually you, you slide the arm around using the mouse just to kind of wiggle up and down um, and it's surprisingly hard to land on the right there's sort of a bit of a delay kind of so it sort of soaps around a little bit to land the note and and it's just it's a bit like playing surgeon simulator for the first time how you sort of you know what you want to do but you just can't quite do it um and and so trying to match these songs which are like the most pumped up trombone adaptations of songs i can imagine just becomes hilarious uh, it's quite intense i don't think you could play it for for long and, and still have the same fun but it was like a burst of like you know half an hour hour thumb f for anyone it's yeah it is hilarious is the johnny briggs theme tune in there bertie oh yeah, that's... i didn't see it no that feels to me like the essential the essential piece of trombone music i've yet to play it myself actually i really want to try it out a great great party game just to people will get it instantly you know and, and laugh instantly one of those ones where the comedy is so apparent also it feels like there's a love for, for for the trombone in there as well it doesn't just feel like a lampoon it, it sort of feels like people love it um elsewhere in news um the gta 6 um hacking kind of saga is ongoing with this 17 year old who's suspected of um of hacking uh, rockstar servers um awaiting basically their day in court they're being held in a, a youth de detention center while that's ongoing which seems like part of a bigger story about you know the the um punishment or the crime and punishment systems of various countries catching up with cyber crime and kind of taking this stuff seriously and policing it kind of um seriously um, i'm sure rockstar's lawyers are out in force um, and there's obviously another story going here about this whole leaking thing around games and whether we should you know people are working on this game to unveil it at a certain time anyway because they don't want people seeing an unfinished game, just like I wouldn't want people reading an unfinished story of one of mine or listening to an unfinished podcast. I don't know if that's the same analogy. Um, on uh, slightly happier news, just to, to finish this off, um, Netflix's uh, The Witcher um, series, season three of this, um, has a sort of release date now, which is uh, summer 2023, which breaks the series December tradition, because in its place this December, is the new Origins um, spin-off series, uh, Blood Origin. So I'm quite excited about that. So loads of Witcher. Is that like Blood Oranges? Is that a play on Orange? Is that, that We is should that call it Blood be? Oranges. Blood Oranges, yeah. Blood Oranges. The Witcher Blood Oranges. That's perfect. People <laughs> people who know know what we're talking about here uh, will be like, oh, ho, 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 I know what you're talking about. I won't explain. <laughs> I won't over explain. Never explain. No, Never no, explain. No, no, no. Um, Okay, that's weekly. 
um, that's everything. Uh, thank you, Liv, for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. You're most welcome. And thank you, Martin, for gracing us with your presence. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm Bertie. That was Weekly, and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you.